RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority, and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Join me at the annual RWJ Barnabas Health Running with the Devils 5K Run and Walk on Sunday, October 24th. For those unable to attend, a virtual running option is also available October 1st through the 24th. 100% of proceeds from the event will be used to support our healthcare heroes in their efforts to protect and build healthier communities. To register today, visit NewJerseyDevils.com slash 5K. Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to another edition of Speak of the Devils presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Sam Kassan along once again. Uh, and Sam, it's uh, a chance for us to talk to the Devils captain. But my goodness, if you asked me before the interview what subjects we might approach with Nico Heischer, <laughs> you would think of some obvious ones. And then we just kind of got sidetracked and all sorts of different things, but a lot of fun with the cat. Well, it's when, you know, it's a good conversation when you're just kind of having casual conversations, you let it go where it may go. And then you look down and all of a sudden, Hey, we're up against the deadline. The guy's got a hard out and we're at the hard out. So we got to kind of wrap this up. But as you said, yeah, wonderful to to speak with him. Cause I, I haven't really spoken with him in a non-hockey capacity. So it was the first time getting to know him a little more as a, as a person getting his, you know, his tastes, uh, his cheat meals or snacks, if you will, and some places he liked to travel to over the summer and stuff like that. So it was great to obviously we touched on the hockey. That's the most important. But I think, again, just getting to know these guys as people and as human beings, I think is huge and very enjoyable, enjoyable for me. And he epitomizes in so many ways his individual story. What happened with the New Jersey Devils year last year? Injured before he even comes to North America. Injured in training. That sets back his debut. Then he gets on the ice and then he gets COVID. And then he gets back on the ice and he suffers that horrific injury. And my geography in terms of where that injury took place certainly needs improvement. He made sure to point out where it was. <laughs> I had it a little lower. That comes out in the story too. But honestly, I mean, what an incredible story. But as... You pointed out in another interview we did, maybe, yeah, it was another interview we did, through all that, near the very end of the season and what was kind of a throwaway toward the end, he still showed why he is a leader on this team. That, that you know, he gave it his all, but there was only so much he could give. Right, and in that game, it was the second or third game towards the end of the season, playing the Islanders on the road. Obviously, a meaningless game. The season's about to end, and the kid's been through all these injuries. And, and as you asked him, and you'll hear from him uh, shortly, if he had any fear after coming back from that, you know, the nasal injury, 
And he certainly didn't have any fear on this play because uh, he laid out in the final minute, Pelly lay, laying into a slap shot and one of the hardest slap shots in the league. And he blocks the shot. And again, quote unquote, a meaningless game where the standings don't matter. The end of the season is literally right around the corner and the last minute of the game. And this guy's laying it all out there. And he talks about his leadership style a little bit. Uh, and you'll hear again more from that him on that. But he does say he likes to lead by example. And there's no bigger example than when the captain who's wearing a face shield, mind you, to protect that nasal injury, is just laying his body down to block this shot. I mean, that just gets the bench going and sends the sign to the whole team that if this guy's doing it, there's no excuse that anybody else on this roster, on this bench, isn't going to do the same. And that's how you get these players to follow you. Yeah, and, and he falls in line with some great Devils captains of the past. And as I run through some of them, they weren't guys who spoke a lot. They would get up when it was appropriate and they said something to the team, but it was their example. And I'm thinking of Scott Stevens and Patrick Elias was a captain, Jamie Langenbrunner, Bryce Salvador, Andy Green. So you, you think about what a devil's culture is and it would not necessarily start, but it certainly includes the captain. Like Nico Heischer then is that perfect New Jersey devil because he takes his place in line as a captain along with some other guys who just showed you how to do it like follow follow me that guy that guy's gonna play for 60 minutes which is pretty cool and i mentioned it too nico i don't know if he was even aware of it but having seen some of the behind the scenes footage from the year he was drafted they were saying it then general manager tom fitzgerald and general manager at the time ray shiro both saying after interviewing this guy is a future captain for this team and obviously, I don't know that they communicated that to him right away. It's a lot of pressure to put on a kid who's only 18 years old. But when they drafted him, they had that vision that this was the guy that was going to lead them for the next decade or so into the future. And he's he's been basically fulfilling that uh, fruition ever since. So let's begin the trip with the Devils' captain, Nico Heischer. Where the road takes us? Well, the next 20 minutes or so uh, provides an interesting ride, to say the least. Captain Nico Heischer joining us on Speak of the Devils. Uh, I know it's a terrific honor, Nico. Thank you so much for your time. Listen, it's been a year now, uh, not quite because COVID delayed the start of last year, but what what does being captain of this team mean to you and uh, why will year two necessarily be different from year one? Uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously a huge honor uh, leading that group. Uh, that young group and uh yeah for me i'll just try to be myself uh not try to change up things too much and uh just try to to focus on my part and uh help the team have success and that's all what i'm trying to do uh, every day and uh yeah so that's my mindset did you have to adjust when you were told you were the captain, knowing that your role was different. I mean, it is an important position on any team that liaison between the players and the coaching staff. Did it change? How did it change if it did at all? I mean, it obviously changed some things, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I got some good advice from uh, other former captains and uh, from, from, from the organization, just uh, being myself. Uh, I got it because of a reason and uh, just try not to change too much. Uh, be yourself, do what you've been doing already and uh, try not to change anything. And that's what I'm trying to do. Just be myself and uh, be, a, be a great guy in the locker room and obviously uh, help the team out there on the ice. So that's, that's what I'm doing. 
I just want to do one follow up, and then and then Sam, you can jump on board here. Uh, yesterday, I believe it was, as we record this. But anyway, Artemi Panarin, Artemi Panarin was asked about maybe being captain of the Rangers at some point, and he said, "No, oh, no, not for me. There, there's like too much that you people don't see that a captain has to do." What what would be some of those things that a captain does that we may not realize? It's more than just being able to speak to the to the referees. What are some of those things that you had to bring into your game as that go between between the staff and the players? Uh, I would say yeah. There's obviously stuff that that uh, happens uh, off the ice uh, between coaches and the team. Uh, you gotta make sure the connection is there and uh, organize some stuff and uh, be available for the media if you win or lose. And uh, yeah, but for me uh, so far, uh, I guess I'm still like last year, obviously had a couple games uh, as a captain, but uh, I think that's my first year. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to have like all the guys in here too that, that helped me out that have been longer in the league and, and know like uh, more than me and I can learn from them. So uh, that, that's going to be good for me for sure. And I do want to talk to you about last year and the season, but kind of following up on that, who are some guys that you have leaned on, whether it's either with the Devils or even with other teams you've played throughout your career? Because it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, New Jersey, because there's captaincies obviously at every level of hockey. Uh, if there was anybody, or is that what you asked? Who are some guys that you have leaned on? Yeah, I mean, obviously here, I mean, with uh, Greeny having a year for for – my couple first years uh, that's been helping me for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, just watching him, what he's doing on and off the ice, how he's, uh, um, how he's building up relationship with, with the players, with all, all the players, even with uh, young players, even if he's a little bit older, like I came in as an 18 year old. So how he was treating me and like helping me, like all that obviously, obviously stuck with me. And, uh, but I had, uh, my career here so far, I obviously had other great, great examples too. And uh, sometimes uh, a great leader doesn't even have to wear the C. And I feel like uh, playing here, I had a couple guys in the locker room that, that I was taking things out from them and uh, was able to learn from them. And do you have those conversations even as a young kid come in? I, I know uh, when the Devils drafted you, one of the things that Tom Fitzgerald said was from day one, we saw this guy as a potential captain of the team I mean as you came in just being the number one overall pick did you see yourself eventually taking on a leadership role not necessarily captain but some type of leadership role and was that important to you to kind of learn from those guys even in your early years uh I mean I was never afraid to be a leader I want to be a leader I want to win and uh I do whatever it takes so uh I'll try to play the right way every game I do the right things I do the little things too that matters to win games and uh but I think for me, important is also uh, how I'm off the ice. Uh, I want to guys feel like comfortable talking to me, whatever it is. doesn't even have to be about hockey, but I just want to be there for, for the team and uh, help in any way I can. Last year, obviously a tough year with the injury-wise. Uh, how do you look back on last year and assess how the season was for you? I mean, it was a tough one to kind of judge in and out of the lineup and dealing with injuries, but I guess – on some level, dealing with injuries is also part of personal growth, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it obviously was tough for me. Uh, 
think nobody really wants wants to watch watch games, and you always want to play and help the team. Uh, but for me, yeah, it was was a process uh, I never really been through in my career. Uh, I never was hurt that long my whole life, so and uh, it was a little tough mentally for sure too. Uh, but I learned from it, from it. I mean, just being here now in training camp, uh, healthy, ready to go tomorrow on the ice day one. Uh, you appreciate it more. Uh, you're, uh, you probably take it a little bit. I mean, it was for me, like I probably took it too much uh, for granted to, to be out there. And uh, when you miss so many games and have injuries that bother you and uh, that uh, hurts you, that uh, you appreciate more when you're healthy and you're, you're able to be out there with the guys. How excited are you to be healthy and looking forward to this upcoming season? Sure. Yeah. I'm really, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I appreciate this year more than others year to coming into training camp, being healthy and uh, get going uh, from day one. A broken bone. It happens. You know, that there's going to be a, a period of time when it'll heal. And so that, that was the injury, the training injury that you suffered, but then you finally come back, you battle through COVID, you come back and you get hit right in the jaw with a puck, actually above the jaw, but along the cheek area and the nose and all. That was my forehead, actually. Oh, that's true. That That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I, a little higher than that, even. I guess my point is that did, did, did you have to fight any fear after, you know, about that? Like, you got to go to that spot again? Uh, I mean, uh, after I got back from my surgery and got back to practice and playing again. I was wearing the cage, so I felt uh, no fear, obviously. With cage, you feel you can go anywhere. Nobody, you're not getting a stick. Yeah, it's nothing going to happen to you. And uh, I had the whole summer practicing, and even in the World Championship after the season, I went uh, to Latvia with, with Team Switzerland. I was playing with uh, Visor again, and I feel like as soon as I'm back in, in, in the game mode, uh, I'm not thinking too much about it. I think that's the right way to do it. And uh, if not, like, don't think about it. You have so much adrenaline and the motion in your, when you're playing. So I literally don't want, want to waste any thoughts on, on that. Yeah, and I asked the question because you do hear about athletes, and it's more those who suffer knee injuries and, and in other sports. Like, they've got to make that cut in football, and, and they're – they just don't feel comfortable doing it right away. Eventually you have to, otherwise, you know, you no longer have a career. And I'm just wondering if there was something about going to the front of the net uh, into that tough spot where, you know, you had to think about it a little bit, but it came naturally to you. Yeah. Came naturally. As soon as, uh, like I said, as soon as I'm in this game mode again, uh, my focus is like hundred percent on, uh, on the game and not what, what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, just, not trying to waste my thoughts there. So it came natural. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't waste thoughts. That's for sure. Hey, what was your reaction and where were you when, when you found out Dougie Hamilton was coming to the club? Uh, I was in Switzerland and uh, obviously uh, I, I kind of woke up, uh, saw the news and uh, yeah, I mean, it was, was, was great. Uh, I, I texted him and uh, welcomed him to New Jersey. I mean, that he's going to be a, a big, big, uh, uh, part of our group and uh, seeing him signing that deal long term uh, that, that means he's 
he's on it like he's on board like he believes what, what we're building here and uh that's that's good to see that uh such a player uh trusts us and trusts the process so uh really really excited about the news and he obviously will help us what does that say about this team which last year well out of a playoff spot there were a lot of factors there and you know other than that one year have been in the playoffs uh you know in a long time so what is what what do you think the message is that he is sending that he likes to see here you know what 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 is it about new jersey that you know it felt good yeah. that the best free agent signed here yeah i mean i i feel like exactly what i said uh he's he's on board like he sees like and feels what what's going on here uh with with that uh, young group i say now and uh that obviously uh sets a sign and uh it gives obviously confidence to the whole group that we, we we were able to get such a great player and uh that will even uh make us a better team so uh it's just a big sign and uh we just got to keep trust trusting the process you said you texted him to welcome him yeah is that something you do with all the guys that join the team is it do you kind of look at that as yeah. part of a captaincy to welcome yeah, them i did reach out to the guys uh just to yeah welcome them aboard and uh yeah see that's interesting because that's a good obviously a, a captaincy role is that something you learn from somebody or, or is it just part of your natural yeah, I mean, yeah exactly when i got drafted i had a ton of loads of texts uh, on my phone so i was like that's pretty cool like from player where i used to watch and i was like oh like just texting me so that's that's a cool feeling and i learned that from there and i just want to give that uh, back even to the younger players that get drafted and stuff like that so yeah and then on a day like training camp which obviously this is airing after training camp opens is this the day where you kind of go around introduce yourself maybe to some of the new guys on the team whether they're young draft picks or whether they're some veterans like a dougie hamilton or a jonathan bernier and say hey welcome to the team handshake all that kind of thing yeah i mean uh I met them already pretty, pretty good. So <laughs> we're, we're doing well. We did some stuff already together, uh, even as a whole group. So, uh, it's been fun though, being around those guys and getting to know them and they fit perfect in here. Uh, so, and yeah. You and I did something with the fans or for the fans, uh, this year. Um, uh, and, you, you had talked a little bit, if I recall now, about the Jersey Shore and you were getting down to one of the beaches. Did you ever get there before you went back home? Did you ever get down to the Jersey Shore? Unfortunately not, no. I mean, uh, I, well, I I went there once though, uh, with my mom. I remember that. But uh, I got to go down for sure one day. But uh, yeah, I mean, last year was was anyways a uh, weird year. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I had to take off pretty quick uh, to meet the Swiss team in Latvia last year. That's true. Yeah. And then you weren't coming back. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, we'll have to get you to one of the Jersey beaches. You know, there's a big controversy. Like, Jersey's a state of controversy, right? Like, it's north versus south. And so the southern Jersey beaches, as you get toward the southern part of, say, Philadelphia, and then, uh, you know, the beaches that serve that that part of the state, they have a certain vibe. They're bigger, they're wider. And you got the North Jersey beaches that I'm more familiar with. And, you know, they're, they are proponents of both sides. So I don't, I don't we got to get you to one, get you down to Belmar or maybe get you down to, 
Point Pleasant, you know, not just for a visit, you know, get you on the beach, get the real Jersey experience, Jersey Shore experience. And it's not, it's not Nikki and company, by the way. That sounds good. I just got to find some time. I mean, probably going <laughs> to be busy with the season right now, but if, if I time, that sounds good to me. Yeah. And hopefully you're busy into the early part of the nice beach season too, right? That's, that's the goal. Yeah, for sure. What's it going to take? Big gap in points to make up from last year. What do you like about the team's chances, at least to be in the conversation for a playoff spot? Uh, I mean, good. I mean, it's uh, last year was just all around a really weird year. I feel this year uh, with, with normal traveling and all that, I think we're all uh, really motivated. And uh, we, with guys coming in, new guys coming in, uh, we see we're, we're a good team. and. Uh, we're, we're a team that competes hard and uh, we and we know, we just got to know and we know that we are a team. Uh, we have to bring this competitiveness game uh, every night. And if not, it's going to be hard, but and we'll, we'll do that and we'll try to make sure we do that. And uh, if everybody is on the same page, does his job, uh, we can be in page this team. And I mean, we obviously last year wasn't great, but you could have still seen like, we had some great games against uh, great teams, even if we were young. Uh, so we don't uh, have to hide. Uh, we just uh, we don't have any pressure. So I feel like we we can surprise people. But what what about the team? The makeup of the team makes you feel that way. What do you like about what the Devils will put on the ice this year? I mean, it's got to be more than just compete, right? Yeah. No, we're uh, we're we're a really fast team. So I think that's one of our big strengths too. Uh, we got a lot of good skaters, and uh, yeah. So and we want to play that way, and uh, like that, we we were able to surprise some teams, and uh, we got to make sure that this year it's, it it is consistent, and uh, we bring all these these things that we we are good at. Uh, we we got to be dangerous team. You mentioned that you heard about Hamilton signing while you were in Switzerland. How was your summer? What did you do in Switzerland? Uh, I saw a couple hiking things you posted on yeah. social media and such. How did you spend your summer? Yeah, I mean, I've spent my summers usually in Switzerland, yeah, and uh, spending with friends, family, uh, did some hiking in uh, July when 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 the to vacation too. I went to Greece for for a week and then a couple of days for for uh Spain and uh yeah, just obviously to to get the mind off a little bit, relax on the beach and stuff like that. And that always feels good. It, it recharges my battery. So I'm always uh, happy I'm able to do that. But other than that, I stayed in Switzerland, worked out there, skated. And uh, yeah, I got back uh, early September this year. So where, uh, where in Greece and where in Spain did you travel to? Uh, I was in Mykonos in Greece and uh, in Spain I was in uh, Valencia. It's just taking in the sights, taking in the beach. We mentioned the beach there. Obviously, Mykonos has nice beaches. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was obviously fun too. Uh, we had a great time there, and uh, yeah, Valencia is a great city as well. Uh, great food, both both cities, and uh, just eat good, uh, soak up, uh, soak in the sun, and uh, yeah, relax on the beach. Just feels good. I know Maddie's probably going to want to ask you about the the food you like to indulge. That's more his uh, area of expertise. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's for sure. And I 
I know Nico likes to eat. Uh, people will hear it on the radio broadcast this year. Uh, we're asking the players uh, to show us a little personality. And Nico mentions his love of uh, cheese and fondue. Is there a particular cheese you like? Uh, it's called Gruyere. That's a pretty common cheese. Yeah, absolutely. Is that the one that works best for fondue or there's any kind of cheese? No, I mean, there's a, no, for fondue, you should have like fondue cheese. I can't tell you exactly what, what kind of cheese it is, but I don't like, you're not doing fondue with career. I think. Okay. All right. That shows you, I don't really know anything about fondue that I would actually ask you that could work, but I don't know if it even works. No idea. Probably would work, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll give it a try. What's the, <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? What do you miss? Is there a Swiss meal that you miss? I mean, you've been in North America for a long time now, but is there something that you just can't get here? Uh, oh, I mean, you can get here a lot, a lot of food uh, worldwide. So even in, I mean, in New York, there's uh a restaurant that uh, uh, has like Swiss food. So yeah, what's the name of it? Do you get there often? Uh, it's called Cafe Select, I think. So I, I yeah, I went there a couple of times, and it has like nice, like we call it like broadwurst. Uh, it's like a sausage or like roasty, which like like shred, almost like shredded uh, tomatoes. Ah, tomatoes, shredded uh, potatoes. Mm -hmm. and uh, you obviously can eat fondue there or raclette uh all, all, all that kind of stuff so but i would say i probably just sometimes like i'm excited when i get back to just get like a good meal from from your mother uh that's something i obviously am looking forward to when i get home uh, i think for everybody like mother is the best cook so <laughs> i yeah. that there's no no doubt about that. What's her favorite? What's what's her best uh, specialty? Uh, so it's called like I really like it's called like cholera. Uh, <laughs> it's like so it's like p potato, uh, cheese, uh, apple, and it's like you put it in an oven. With it's with like crispy. It's like crispy on the top too. It's like it almost looks like a cake, but mm. yeah, it's delicious. Like that sounds onion. awesome. Yeah. That sounds, by the way, raclette is is great too. Yeah, of course. I got I got one in Denver once, Sam. Uh, it was around Christmas time, and they had uh, Devils. Obviously, were playing the Rocky, uh, the Avalanche. Rather, she's on mixing sports, but um, and they had a couple of booths downtown, and there was a Swiss booth, and uh, Lord, it was delicious. And I, and I probably can get better in Bern. But I'm telling you right now, as a substitute, it wasn't bad in Denver. Yeah, I like it. I agree. Did they have the uh, Swiss chocolate there, Matty? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I don't remember. I just know I had, I went there two days in a row. Saw a couple of Devil's Trainers there. So, you know, <laughs> those guys know where the meals are. Those yeah. guys know where the best meals are. That's for sure. That's for sure. So what's better, Swiss chocolate or Swedish chocolate? Or are you too biased to answer the question? You want me to add? Yeah, yeah you. I mean, oh, so for, for me, uh, obviously, I got to go Swiss chocolate. But mm. all Swedish chocolate is pretty good. 
but uh, I'm not a huge shocker, but uh, I am not really. Like, I, I like more uh, salty and uh, I'm big into cheese. So, but chocolate, I, I eat it, but I, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm like a chocolate lover. So, yeah. probably can't really, I'm probably not the right guy to ask them what's better, but I just got to go with the Swiss dog. Well, I agree. When we were in Switzerland, that chocolate was pretty darn good. Sweden, no complaints either. I'll tell you what people may not realize if they haven't gone to Canada. Like just comparing the U.S. to Canadian chocolate is like night and day. The can I don't know what they do to produce their candy in Canada, but it's much better than the chocolate here in America. I would I would say if you were to say use those four countries, quite frankly, the U.S. would come in last. You know. It's, I don't know. We got, we got to pick up our chocolate game here for some time. I'm just, I'm rambling here, but you know, that's and he's more salty. He's more a salty guy. So he's not big in the chocolate. What are some sweets or some, some, I don't want to say cheat foods or, but you know, little guilty pleasure foods that you like to eat. So like what was my snacks that would be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love chips. That's, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm big at chips guy. Barbecue, salty, like. Sweet sour, yeah, salty. Yeah, like uh, or barbecue chips. I love barbecue chips. Nice. Uh, paprika or or regular just salty uh, regular chips. Yeah. Do you like those kettle chips? Like those Cape Cod style kettle chips? They're crunchier. Um, you know, they they fold over each other a little bit more, so they're not just always the curved. No, I like I like the the other one better. Yeah, the regular ones. Yeah. Oh, you got to try to kettle, man. Like, come on. We got to get you to do that for sure. Anyway, time is is winding down. I don't know how we ended up on chips, but that's as good a spot as any. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the season is upon us and, you know, we know it's going to be an exciting one. I agree with you, Nico. There are a lot of things that factored into last year. And I think there are a lot of good things about this season, uh, but it's a tough division and, you know, it, it's got to happen on the ice, but we trust that it will. And, we wish you good health this season for sure. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Nico. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, but one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. So obviously, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about fondue, although it tastes delicious. I mean, my goodness. I mean, there's nothing like a nice warm cheese and bread. It's fantastic. And in Switzerland, I had some fantastic fondue, but. I guess I don't know what cheese you actually put into Emmentaler, I think, is the cheese they use, something like that. But and I got to find out where Nico's cheese shop is, because, you know, if you can find a, a good you know, cheesemonger, you, you got yourself something. So maybe we'll find out where in this area he is found. There's a couple of good cheese shops that I know of, but I want to find out where he shops. Oh, I'm sure he'll give you that information. Well, we mentioned the the one place in New York. I forget what he said the name was now. Yeah, the restaurant he goes to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that has good cheeses there. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I've actually never really eaten fondue a lot, but something I should do more of and indulge more of. Um, I do enjoy some barbecue potato chips, though, so I'll, I'll go with them on there. Uh, can't, and the kettle cooked. You, you would agree. Like the kettle cooked 
it's, it's a nice little change of pace from the regular regular chips. So we got to teach the kid a, a thing or two about chips, huh? He's only 22 years old. He's still very young. He's got a lot of time to grow and and improve his palate. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get him down to the Jersey Shore at some part, some point. You know, I had this vision or have this vision and. Hopefully it's sooner than later. The Devils add another cup to their illustrious history. So how would you celebrate? Like when they won the three while playing at the Meadowlands, there was the Meadowlands parade. And and that was a Devils thing all unto itself. But if you really want to incorporate more of a Jersey feel, I think you do like an old style presidential whistle stop tour on the railroad. And, you know, I know at some point, listen, Jersey goes all the way down to Cape May. I get that. But we understand that that area generally is considered Philadelphia Flyer territory. But we can go right in there if the Devils win. But certainly the the North Jersey Shore, which is a hotbed of New Jersey Devils supporters, you know, just a whistle stop tour, man. Pick up at Penn Station, you know, have the cup with you and just – Make these stops all along the line, and you end at the Jersey Shore, have this unbelievable party, and Nico will get to know what the Jersey Shore is like in all its glory. But that that's something we gotta we gotta arrange for him. If not a Stanley Cup whistle stop tour, you know, hopefully that happens at some point. I won't be in charge of what the plans are for, for a celebration. But nice. I think it sounds yeah, like you've already got it mapped cool. out. I think it's pretty cool, but if not, at least we got to get get the kid down to the Jersey Shore and and enjoy the sand and the sea. Yeah, I don't think you're – that's when you really become a New Jersey ends, when you go down to the shore, and certainly he'll get there at some point. There's no doubt about that, and I love that idea, Maddie. In fact, let's go to South Jersey, even though it's technically Flyers country, all the more reason to go down there and just rub it in to the Flyers fans, bring the cup down and just remind them of 1975. Oh, listen, we can go down the Jersey Shore. I guess Bayhead's the last stop on on the uh, Jersey coastline. And then we can come back up and then go down through, was it, uh, well, why can't I think of the name of the line? But anyway, it goes through uh, New Brunswick and then down through Princeton and Trenton. I should know the name of the line that escapes me now. I got all sorts of plans, all (laughs) sorts of plans. It starts off maybe with a parade down Broad Street in Newark. And then we get to Penn Station, and uh, it's all day. Make it all day. Make it a week, a weekend, a weekend at the Jersey Shore, a Garden State tour. That that'd be a great way to go. I mean, hey, I feel like the Capitals did something somewhat similar, where they took the Cup to all these different places in DC for an entire week. You know, oh yeah, most most teams have their parade, and then they have maybe one Cup night out with the guys, and then that's it. You know, it's pretty standard. I think the Capitals did the whole week worth of just celebrating in the fountain, which we don't need to do. We can rather do it in the beach, right? <laughs> than, than in a yeah, fountain. oh, absolutely. And don't worry, don't worry. Like for those who are up in like uh, Morris and Passaic County and Sussex County out in Warren, we're going to get, we're going to get to that part of the state too. We're going to, we're going to start planning. We're going to start planning. You know what? Let's, it's, it's our, it's, it's our Stanley Cup celebration plans. No, I love that. He has to do it first, but once they do, the plans will be ready. Especially because obviously Jersey is one big family, even if the North and the South, you know, there's all these sibling rivalries, but it is one big family. And to be able to share it, obviously the parade is one way to do it. But if you can bring that cup to as many different places in Jersey itself and share that with the fans, I think it just speaks again to the the culture that the Devils have built here and the family aspect that 
not only Tom Fitzgerald, but all the way down, starting really with the owner ownership and all the way down. That's the culture they want in this team. Well, that's the culture they want in the state. Let's do it. Let's do it. And let's have the captain, Nico Heischer, leading uh, the way at the front of the line. That would be awesome. Well, I would say this in terms of the paths that we have traveled was the most interesting podcast we've had in a long time. At least for me, I have no idea. Like we we be talking food in the Jersey Shore and we're planning Stanley Cup parades. Well, that's that's it. It's like a box of chocolate. Swiss to chocolate. Speak of the devils. It's a box of Swiss chocolate. That's right. I was glad you got to pick up on that. <laughs> Boxes, box you just never know what you're going to get. All right, that'll wrap things up. Many people saying thankfully because we don't know what these guys are talking about or where they're going. Sam, uh, good to be with you again. Lots of fun with Nico Heesh. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Same. And thank you, our listeners. Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. I'm Matt Locke. We'll see you next time. Until then, be safe, be well. So long, everyone.